From deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Gator Tales is brought to you by UF Health, the official healthcare provider of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales. I'm your host, Adam Schick. Last week, we heard from Athletic Director Scott Strickland on the impact of the coronavirus epidemic for Gator Athletics from a macro perspective. But this week, in the second installment of this three-part series, we're narrowing the focus on the student-athletes and how they're managing the unprecedented disruption. We'll hear from men's basketball's freshman standout Scotty Lewis about the cancellation of March Madness, recent graduate and track and field star Grant Holloway on the postponement of the Olympics, and baseball's breakout sophomore Jacob Young on the premature end of the season for his top-ranked squad. First, let's check in with Scotty Lewis. As we learned when we profiled him on episode 201, the New Jersey native has a variety of life experiences that allow him to stay cool under pressure. But these are uncharted waters for everyone. We spoke to Scotty on the eve of what should have been his first taste of March Madness and began by asking him how he and his teammates found out big changes were imminent. I think it was after we all kind of dispersed from our team meeting in the hotel and we were kind of waiting to see what the NBA was going to do. And um, when they canceled everything like that and they put a hold on pretty much everything and then we saw other tournaments kind of getting shut down and we had another meeting, it'll be five minutes after. It was kind of unexpected. And uh, Coach White told us um, that tournament was canceled and we were in Nashville at the time. So we were just kind of really, really down about it. That's really when it kind of sank in and we kind of realized how serious it was. Because before then, we had heard about it, but we didn't think that it was anything that was going to affect us um, individually. And it seems like, too, that the, the real inflection point for a lot of this was with the, the Rudy Gobert news. And then everything kind of went to a different level. So when you guys saw that, and obviously it happened in basketball, so that's very relevant to you. I mean, is that what all of a sudden got you guys talking, made you realize how real th- this threat was? Um, yes and no, in a sense. Um, obviously, uh, we knew we did catch something like this. Uh, we had a, a good support uh, from Florida and from you know our, our families to take the right steps in order to be healthy. So obviously, we're staying away from certain things, not like everyone else is, and we're not trying to be in big groups as much. And we are kind of dispersed from the school. So I mean, I, I think we're taking the right precautions in order to not really be in a situation like kind of the NBA is now with ten plus players with with the virus. Basketball seasons end with the tournament, right? That's that's the way it goes. March Madness. Everyone knows that rhythm. Everyone knows how that plays out. How, how have you guys sort of coped with this? Because I know that Coach White had said there's just there's this sense of of incompletion because th- this is not you know how it's supposed to end. It's almost like if a movie ended in the middle, and you're like, wait, but well, there was no ending to it. How how have you managed to sort of cope with that? Just you personally, and then and then talking to your teammates as well. For sure. You know, there's definitely this vibe of um, a cliffhanger um, in the middle of the season. At first, we were really just like, what are we going to do? You know, we're going to be able to practice. And we thought we were going to be able to be in the gym or at least play pickup or something like that along those lines. Just to be able to stay on campus and uh, finish out the rest of the year academically strong and just prepare for uh, the NCAA tournament. But after that got canceled as well, we were like, all right, let's just stay here and prepare for the next season. And, you know, Duke thought it was in our best interest to separate and go home and not be in large groups. So there was mixed emotions about it for me personally. It was, you know, you get more time to work out and uh, kind of prepare for the next season, which is, I guess, is 
you know, a lot of people are unfortunate to even be able to get into their public gyms um, mm-hmm. and be able to work out and get better. Uh, then you have guys who I feel for who are going to take their game to the next level and uh, play in the NBA. But now everything's being affected athletically on, on all scales. So it depends on who you are, where you stand with basketball, um, kind of your placement of what you have for in the upcoming year, what you're going to do in the tournament, things like that. There's a lot um, of the deter- determining that was going on during the end of the season and um, all that kind of went out the window when, you know, this, this came to be. So we're talking for when people hear this, we're talking right now on what should be the first day of the tournament on Thursday. I mean, you, you should be either playing right now, preparing to play. Um, where are you right now instead? I'm in my hometown, just um, working in a little private gym that we have here, just trying to get ready for next season so I can be better. Well, and, and so much of this, too, talking about how this affects the athletes is, you know, from a, the mental standpoint. So, you know, not being able to practice with teammates, not being able to do what you would normally do. How are you staying active? How are you keeping your mind busy when, you know, you're always focused on on one thing and that thing right now is not available to you? Obviously, when you're at school, you're, uh, you're focused on regardless of when you're at school or at home for someone like me. And, you know, there's a lot of people just like me who only think about basketball, you know? So when you're at school, you're it's on a higher scale because you're worried about 13 other guys and making sure they're on the same mental state as you and you're on par with your coaching staff and what they need you to do. And you're just constantly worrying about making winning actions, mm-hmm. you know, on and off the floor because, like, it's not about yourself. So when you go home, you kind of um, – <laughs> you just, like, kind of by yourself. You mm-hmm. just worried on working on your craft and um, being able to be in the gym and – day in and day out, just getting better, getting better, getting better. Just the time that we have to be able to, if you can get to a gym or spend time with your family, um, this time from here on to the next season, I'll take advantage of that. Um, that's what I'm trying to do now. I don't, I don't get to see my family that much, but while I'm home, I am. And uh, you know, I'm working out three, four times a day now, uh, just trying to work on my body, work on my craft, just so I'm better and better and better. And hopefully by next season, I can be better for the Gators or better for wherever I end up. In terms of your teammates, I mean, what kind of conversations you guys have and like, what are they doing? Are other people able to work out? How are they passing the time? I mean, it's been like a week of this and people are already freaking out. So <laughs> how are, how are your teammates handling this? It's definitely unfortunate that some people don't have the ability to get into facilities to be able to work out. Cause obviously there's it's kind of nationwide shutdown in a sense. And we're just doing other things to kind of pass the time, you know? So Spending time with your family, your siblings, being able to do certain things that you wouldn't normally be able to do. But I just talking to people like Andrew, Noah, Trey, um, kind of all my teammates. It's kind of just been like, um, make sure you're on it, you know, because next year, since we missed the opportunity, we're going to be on it next year just to uh, be able to win and get better and progress. You know, so whether it's sitting at home in your quarantine room, uh, watching film from games this year or NBA games, learning from certain players take this time to kind of dissect you as a person and as a player so you can better yourself and that would help the rest of the team collectively. So it's kind of just kind of those talks, super motivating, super comforting, uh, reminding each other that we're there for each other at all times, regardless of the situation at hand. And uh, we don't know where everyone's kind of going. It's just reminding each other we're brothers for life and keeping that, you know, the Gator standard of family in, in each other's minds. You, you talked about the situation for, for guys like KJ and certainly other seniors uh, around the country. Yeah, there's a lot of talk now about giving athletes an extra year of eligibility and especially seniors that didn't get a chance to go to that NCAA tournament. I mean, for you personally, can you just talk to the importance of the tournament and, you know, does that make sense in your mind? Should guys be able to come back because of how important it is to have the opportunity to play in March Madness? 
I believe so. I think that would be something that's awesome. I think it should happen. Um, hope that's definitely something that's going to be implemented. It's kind of like working, working, working for a huge opportunity and all year, you know, especially as a senior. That means you've been in your school for maybe four or five years and you've built this this kind of brand for your team and what you provide for your team. And you put so much effort and time into it. And, not, and the fact that your final year at the school that you represent and you love and fell in love with for so long, you don't get the opportunity to play on the biggest stage in college basketball. It, it definitely sucks. You know, my heart goes out to those to people like KJ and Miles Powell and all those other seniors that I'm really close with. Um, just trying to see their reaction, though, especially Miles Powell. Talk to him a little bit. He was definitely heartbroken because he had a crazy, crazy season um, on every level. So. You know, they were definitely going to make the tournament. He was hoping to go on a super run in the tournament, finish his senior year out on, like, the highest note that he possibly could do so. And uh, he didn't get the chance to. So, and uh, definitely KJ. KJ sacrifices for us so much during the entire year. You know, as far as his body and him practicing and him doing more rehab than everyone else on the team, making sure that he is 100%. At all times, and sometimes he's not even playing 100. percent He's still getting his all for us. So for someone like that who literally, you know, kind of rips his body apart to um, make sure he can be there for his team, and him not have the opportunity to, you know, get a reward out of that, it's 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 sad. I think some people forget about is the the student side of this. Um, you guys are still you know taking classes, albeit all online. So what's it been like continuing to do your schoolwork, but being back home in New Jersey instead of on campus? For me personally, I'm not, I can't speak on everyone else, but I kind of have a team here where it's my mother, my mentors, my best friends, people who um, kind of have my best interests at heart. So they're making sure I'm on top of all my schoolwork. Uh, Coach White, Coach Darius, the coaching staff back at, um, in Gainesville are making sure I'm taking care of it, um, making sure the whole team's taking care of it. Um, it. It wasn't, you know, wasn't that hard on campus. I think it's a little bit easier not your home, but you can kind of work around things, especially with deadlines. Um, time management super key when you're at home and you're trying to work out and meet people that you haven't seen in a while and being able to take care of your schoolwork. Um, it's a little difficult trying to stay on top of that, but uh, if you have right people around you who want to make sure that you're on top of everything, um, it's not it's not as difficult as it could be. I know you weren't probably expecting to be in, in this position this soon, but reflecting back, because now you know, unfortunately, this is a season that is in the past. Um, how do you how do you look back on it in terms of your expectations for yourself, what you accomplished, where you feel you fell short, want to get better? How do you sort of look at that whole picture? I think my biggest lesson for my freshman year is that I wish I became coachable quicker. You know, you are, are surrounded by a bunch of guys who have the same goal and no one's worried about their personal interests. And um, when I first came in, I can honestly say that I, that I was and uh, that hindered myself and it hindered my teammates because, you know, I needed to perform at the highest level to be able to play out there and I'd be there for my teammates. I couldn't do that because I was uh, kind of hard-headed in a sense. So I think once I took a step back and realized that, you know, we all have to be on the same page and I have to be able to perform and that is going to take me being on the same page with my coaches or my teammates. And that's going to allow me to form a better uh, lead- leadership role. That's when I started playing well. So if I could even talk to my younger self from summer B, that's something I tell them. Definitely winning more games and being able to finish more games, uh, being more confident in what I do and uh, making sure my teammates are constantly confident in what they do best because that can only help us. Um, definitely having more of a student life, connecting and making more friends outside of athletes and just kind of staying, top, staying on top of everything earlier. You know, I, I caught on and got better as the season went on, which is obviously a, a, a pro. I wish I started that process sooner. Do you have favorite moments thinking back? Is there like a game that stands out to you? 
I mean, you had some uh, you had some ridiculous alley oops later in the season. But if it's a game, if it's a play, if it's a moment, what is it that stands out when you think back on it now? Um, I think the moment when I realized how good we can really, really be, and I was in um the first game against Alabama, uh, coming back and winning from a twenty-three point deficit, and uh, kind of everyone playing their part and doing their role. You know, that second half and that um that overtime. I was looking up and I was having fun with the guys that, you know, I, I fought and went to war with every single day. And I'm like, we can do this and be desperate for a win the way we were in that second half. Uh, we're going to be really, really good. And we showed flashes of that, you know, putting a full 40 together. And that, that was our goal after that game, putting a full 40 together, offensively, defensively, making plays, making a shots, you know, doing what's best for the team. And that's something that we preached every day. And I think that game and that second half and that overtime, we truly did that. And um, I think that's when it was kind of a turning point and we watched film on what was different from the first half and second half and guys started to kind of fall into place and kind of play their role. Well, and now you're, you're at a point now where you're going to have a, a lot of time to have to entertain yourself. And I know you said you're going to be in the gym as long as you can, and that's important. You've also said get your mind off things, right? So what are you going to do to entertain yourself? Is it like, are there a couple of series you're thinking about doing? I mean, what are you, you going to be binging on Netflix? How are you going to entertain yourself for however long uh, this state of life is going to be? You know, for me, it's a little different. Coming out of high school, I was, you know, projected this, projected that. So I'm obviously I'm still chasing my goals and waiting to see what's going to happen and where everything's going to happen in postseason with the NBA and stuff like that. So nothing really is on my mind but my family and being in the gym. You know, I don't really do much else. I don't really watch TV outside of, you know, basketball and kind of being a philanthropist, which is kind of taking the toll and a hit. Me not being able to, you know, talk to people, connect to people, and build relationships during this time while I'm home. Uh, main focus is basketball. Just constantly being in the gym, 8 a.m. to, you know, 11 p.m. at night, just taking care of your body, eating right, creating this regiment, and I'm kind of being, you know, extremely anal with myself about everything. Well, and you mentioned philanthropy. I know from the first time we spoke, that's a really important part of who you are and what you do. There seems to be a demand for that now, maybe more than ever. Have you figured out yet what ways you can help during this current time and what that might look like? I think just encourage people to do what they've been asked to do, you know, kind of distance yourself, be surrounded by people that, you know, are know are in good health, kind of limit yourself from being around people that are older and um, low immune systems and things that who can people who could uh, easily catch it, you know, because a lot of people are showing cases to where they don't even know they have it. Um, they're giving to other people who have, you know, weaker health um, history than they do. And, you know, just taking care of your body, hand sanitizer, showering, just taking care of your hygiene, things like that. Um, just spreading that message. You know, that's kind of the only message I would really give to people because there's not much I can do physically to be able to connect with people in person, obviously, because you can't have people in big groups. Mm-hmm. But, you know, using social media as a platform and spreading the word and just um, reassuring people all over that, you know, things are going to be okay, obviously. Um, there's a bunch of cons of this, uh, the disconnect um, in physical contact, the stock market. We're trying to keep our heads up as a nation and as, you know, a country and as a community, no matter where you are. Um, you know, having people within those communities and being a leader for what's going on. And I'm trying to do that for where I'm at. Very well said. Scotty, thank you so much. We, we appreciate your time sharing your perspective with us. And uh, congratulations on an outstanding freshman year. Thank you. Appreciate that. While the fate of the college athletic season has been known for a little over a week, the latest and largest domino to fall was the announcement that the Olympics would be postponed. 
After a record-breaking career for the Gators, recent graduate Grant Hallway has been building a head of steam toward Tokyo as one of Team USA's top hopefuls in track and field. We got to know Grant when we profiled him back on episode 164, but began this conversation by finding out how he's handling the news that his golden aspirations have been put on hold. I would honestly say, like, right now is just the sense of, uh, you know, you just take, we're taking it one day at a time. Like, I can't really tell you what's going to happen in, 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 in April. I can't tell you what's going to happen in June. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, literally, as I wake up, it's a new day, and I take it one day at a time. Of course, it sucks that this, you know, this virus has done so much cancellation and damage to not just the Olympics, but you think about it, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, baseball. You just think all sports and every, like, major thing has been canceled or delayed till September or even next year. But, like, for my case, as an athlete, you know, this is just another, it's just another thing of adversity that we all have to go through. Like, now we just continue – to train, we continue to keep a good little mindset going forward. And then, you know, we figure out, okay, this is the timeline that we have to be ready. So, like, let's start here. Like, But, like, now you're just taking it one day at a time until, you know, you get everything back up and ready on your feet. Before all this happened, what what was the plan? I mean, take us through. So you finished school last summer. And then, you know, how do you lay everything out as you get ready for an Olympic run? I mean, what were all of those steps and where were you on that plan when all of this started to happen? Uh, we are probably about, uh, I think, 20 weeks out from Olympic trials. So now we're getting ready. We're getting serious. We're getting ready to run some meets. We're getting ready. This week, it actually would have been at FSU Relays. Next week would have been Florida Relays. And then a month after that would have been another home meet at, at Florida, uh, Tom Jones. So now, now you're, you're instead of running meets, now you're going back to the good old base training, you know, just keeping – getting a good sweat every day making sure you're running, making sure, you know, you're doing your core. So like you're taking it slow at a time from when we were, we were getting ready to ramp it up and go full speed for three weeks straight and then go back to training for a month. And then I was actually going to go on my overseas circuit. First overseas circuit was in Guadeloupe, France. And then from there, I was going to come back home, go to Boston and from there, go to Oregon. And then from there, go train in Texas for a week and then go back to Oregon for uh, Olympic trials. So now, like, you know, you just – all that's canceled right now. And mm-hmm. now you're just good – you're going back to your good old base training, just making sure you're, you know, staying healthy, making sure you're doing everything that you got to do. For me, in my case, like, I don't really have a weight problem. I don't really – like, I don't have no problems with my body. So, like, now I'm just taking it easy, hanging out with friends, hanging out with family. I'm actually thinking about going back home, just driving home, give me something to do for a week, you know, just train up there with my dad and, you know, spend some time – spend some quality time with my family. I've been – Stuck here, just taking it day by day, waiting for the IOC to release another statement or another press conference or things of that nature. But now it's just, you know, you take it day by day and then whatever pops up, it pops up. When did you first realize that that this was a possibility and, and how did that affect your preparation, your training? I mean, w- when did this get on your radar as a real threat to being able to, to go forward as you planned? Really, I knew about it uh, probably around about December, January, it was uh, rumors that, you know, China had some stuff going on over there, blah, blah, blah. And then actually World Indoors this year was supposed to be in China. So that got postponed to next year, 2021. So that's when I first started, you know, figuring out that this is actually like a really big deal. So once they postponed that and then I'm, I, I texted my agent, I'm like, yo, like this is getting pretty serious. Like uh, what's going on? He was like, as soon as I know stuff, you'll know stuff. We'll take a day at a time. So. 
we kept moving on, moving forward, moving forward, and then you know figuring out what what we would do, what's going to happen. In in the build up to this, how close were you to being ready to go? Like, how difficult is it to scale back from what you were planning on in terms of your arc of getting ready for the Olympics? Yeah, it's easy. It's easier to scale back than to move forward. I think scaling back is real easy because at that point you just say, okay, well, I'm done with whatever. Now it's, you know, let me just sit back, drink some wine, hang out with some friends and, and relax. But now you go back into the sense where like, okay, I'm scaling back, but now I got to get back to my peak top form next couple of months. So like now, like really like my timeline from running all these meets now is like, okay, I'm not running no meets. Take off this whole season kind of sort of. And maybe, just maybe, we might have a meet in like August or something like that. You know, for, for you, since what you do is, is run, I guess it's easier to, to stay engaged right now than you know certain athletes that have to be in a gym or have to be in a batting cage, something like that. I, is it enough? I mean, how do you challenge yourself and stay motivated when you don't have the normal construct of training? Um, I think you just you think about the end goal, really. The end goal, of course, that, I, like I said, 2020 has been a horrible year for me. I don't want to speak for everybody else, but 2019 ended off so high for me from mm-hmm. winning NCAAs, indoor, outdoor, setting an American record, setting a new collegiate record, you know, and, and then on top of that, winning a, a world championship. Like, you know, having all that, it was really, really, really good. But now, uh, uh, now all of a sudden, it's like 2020, all right, we got this setback and another setback and then another setback. And like, you know, you're trying to figure out like all these things to like, you know, get back on top but now like you guys gotta shift your focus like i tell everybody i'm just going to continue to stay ready so i don't have to get ready when the time comes so if worst case scenario let's say they say all right the the world is clear everybody's healthy let's run some meets in august september okay i've been doing all my training i haven't been slacking off you know i know i'm prepared to go full speed whenever that i need to go full speed yeah, I thought what was interesting was you know hearing people talk about the Olympics and whether or not they needed to be postponed. Uh, th- there was some sentiment among, I think, the general population, myself included, thinking, oh, well, it- it's four months away. That's plenty of time in terms of people. You know, that's too far down the road. And then my whole perspective changed on that when I heard someone explain from an athlete perspective you know, waiting an extra month to decide whether we're going to do it or not going to do it. That's a month that, that I've got to be training and I have to be maybe, you know, exposing myself during a dangerous time. If I have to go to a gym or, if, you know, little yeah. things about preparation. So I guess, can, can you just talk about the challenges as an athlete with how big the runway is for something like this and how much time it takes to really prepare to do it the, the right way? I can't really speak for everybody else because, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the younger one on the totem pole. But, like, for someone like Justin Gatlin, who is an Olympi- Olympian, world champion, you know, you name it, he has it. And he's trying to push one more year for his contract to run at these games. You know, it sucks for the, you know, the older crowd. But, like, the younger crowd, people who just came out of college is fine with. But, like, I think the hardest challenge is for, for me is, like, okay, why, wait, why, why am I going to wait another month to find out? that the Olympics are going when I can just continue to train. But then, like, you know, some people always say, like, well, if we don't need to go to the Olympics, why am I, what am I training for? Mm-hmm. So, you know, all, opinion, all opinions vary. You know, my thing is I'm going to always just continue to work work my butt off. So when the time comes or, like, when, when I do get to that time where I'm like, okay, I need to put in a little bit of extra work, I could be like, well, I already put in the extra work when nobody was looking. Mm-hmm. It's not like I need to look forward and, and do, do other 
crazy things in order to to make myself satisfied. Your outlook on it, it seems you know very positive and probably the best thing you can do is just take it one day at a time. Uh, I'm curious from friends that you've talked to within the community, what's the conversation been like between you and, and other athletes? Yeah, within the community, everybody, it, it, it's, it varies. You know, you have, I, I was talking to Shakira Richardson of, um, she was, she just uh, left LSU early, signed a professional contract with Nike. She, you know, she's 20 years old. I'm 22. So for us, it's like, okay, we get closer to our peak year. So maybe I might peak when I'm 22 years old. Who knows it? Maybe I might peak 23, 24, 25. She might peak when she's 21. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we, we're getting closer to our peak years where someone who hasn't had their peak years or who already passed their peak years and now, you know, holding on to that consistency. So, like, my thing is it all it all varies on, on, on a different athlete. And then you got other athletes who may have undergone surgery in 2019 and probably, you know, they were trying to not, not really rush to come back 2020 just because of the Olympics. But maybe they weren't fully prepared, like like other people, like like myself or or, or Shakira. You know, you never know someone's real story until you sit down and actually you talk with them and figure out, okay, what is the real problem, or you know, what's going on with this or that. Yeah, it's it's one thing to be able to to get outside and run and and obviously take care of yourself and stay in shape. But yeah, I feel like so many athletes that there's the the competitive drive that just has to be filled in some way. So not being able to compete right now, how do you how do you satisfy that? How do you keep that from making you go crazy when you're in the, the situation you're in right now? And anybody knows me well, they know I play video games. So <laughs> I've been taking I've been taking a lot of my anger out on some trash players on, on video <laughs> games. Most celebrities, you know, you got you got Paul George, Trey Young. You got a lot of basketball players coming into the PS4 world, and yeah, I think it, I think it's funny because they think they're they're good at the video game. But um, just the other day, I was in the lobby with Trey Young and kind of put him down on, on, in the dirt. So, you know, it's just a reality check for, for them. But for me, it's just I continue just to play video games and have a little bit of fun. Is this some sort of exclusive club for uh, elite athletes where you guys have your own little video game spot you all play in? Uh, I have no clue. It's, I play Call of Duty. They was playing Call of Duty. Somehow I ended up in Trey Young's stream or I was watching Trey Young's stream on my phone while I was playing the game and I'm like, holy snap, I'm in the game. So <laughs> at this point I was just like, okay, I continue just to play normal and I have some fun. And one thing led to another and I, I played the game with Trey Young. I mean, <laughs> at that point it's just something, you know, you just keep going, you you go off of and then you just keep moving forward. Who, who else have you met through this? I'm curious what, where else this has led you. Um, I met a good amount of friends. I mean, most people talk crap and um, <laughs> I talk crap back, but like it just, that's how I get my competitive edge off. I mean, like I know friends. I got people online from from L.A., Texas, Washington, uh, Australia, Italy, you know, Greece, Rome. You know, you name mostly anywhere. I've played with somebody from that section. That that's cool. Um, other entertainment? Are you watching lots of TV? You got some Netflix recommendations for us? What are you doing when you're not playing video games or training? Um, most likely I'm either editing up, uh, stuff from when I played the video game or, um, I'm working on sales. I have a shirt company right now that's trying to take off, but the virus doesn't want it to just yet, but, uh, figuring out new ideas, what people like, what people don't like, um, Netflix recommendations. I've been watching, uh, containment on Netflix. Mm. It's really, really good. Um, other than that, man, you know, I take it one day at a time, wake up, eat, play the game, watch a little TV, go play the game again, go run shower, cook some dinner. Next thing you know, it's almost time to get ready to go back to bed. 
That sounds like a pretty good routine. You you got it. You got that. That's how you survive during this, right? You got to have a routine. Yeah, that's all you got. That's all you can do, boss. <laughs> Uh, I got the video. It, it went viral. The video of you. What race was that? Of your ten meter hurdles outdoor. Yes, of your head not moving. Is that real or is that a doctored video? It's real. The video, of course, is real, but it's just a head focus. Like basically, you know how you can focus a camera. Yeah. They just focused that video on my head. So therefore, my head probably didn't move, but they made it more so that it, it would. It didn't move at all. You know, in the hurdles race, the, the number one thing is you got to stay balanced and you got to stay controlled. So we did that, and um, I took off. I, I, I really like that. I really like that video. <laughs> are you are you setting up any hurdles outside? Like, how are you working on a hurdling without having a track? Uh, that's the thing. Um, so, I, so long story short, Coach Peterson, he's a coach. He was uh, he's a coach at uh, UF. He's a jumps coach for us. He actually had hurdles at his house because he knew this was going to be pretty bad. So. He dropped the hurdles off there in my garage. So when I want a hurdle, I'll take the hurdles to uh, – I have a grassy field, like, right up the street from my house. And I'll go out there with a tape measure, measure out the hurdles, put them on the mark, and I, I'm, I'm going crazy. That's wild. Um, final thing for you, when the Olympics do happen, and we are confident they're going to happen, what's it going to mean for you to get there and be on that stage after this – additional adversity that you've had to go through on your path there i'm gonna just you know like i said at the beginning i'm gonna just continue to take it one day at a time the olympics is another let's just say it's a year away 365 days away so now i have 365 days to uh, to get right to, to perfect my craft figure out what i need to work on watch film figure out things that they need to work on and um i'm gonna fix it and then hopefully when the olympics come excuse me when the olympics come i'm, I'm gonna be on top of the the totem pole holding up another gold medal for Team USA. Fantastic. We certainly hope that that's the case and we see it sooner rather than later. Uh, good luck to you, Grant, and thank you again so much for talking to us. Hey, thank you, man. Go Gators. It's a strange thing to finish the season ranked number one and not have a national championship, but that's the reality for Gator baseball. After opening the year with a school record 16-0 start, they dropped a midweek game to Florida State that proved to be the final contest of the year. Sophomore Jacob Young was on fire when everything ended, with a hitting streak that spanned the length of the short season and a remarkable 450 batting average. We caught up with the Pontevedra native to learn how he and his teammates found out the stunning news. After the FSU game, uh, we knew we had Georgia coming up. And we heard that day at practice that it was probably going to be played with uh, no fans, uh, just kind of family and the, like essential personnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all like, oh, that's going to be weird. Kind of, We were ready for it, but we knew it was going to be different. And then once I think the NBA shut down, it kind of all went into like a landslide where all of a sudden we kind of heard we're not going to play um, the Georgia series. And then we talked to some Georgia kids and they said, Oh, uh, yeah, we just turned our bus around. So then we heard, you know, oh, crap, our series is probably over, too. Mm-hmm. And then we all had a team meeting the next day, uh, which is supposed to be, I think, on Friday. And uh, we were told we need to go home. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> SEC play could still go on in a month, but they don't know anything and we don't know anything. So we're all just kind of sitting around and waiting. Mm-hmm. It was it was definitely a big shot. Everyone just kind of sat there and didn't move. It didn't say anything for a while. and just kind of try to take it all in. Well, and, and what were the conversations like, I mean, between you guys? Because obviously you found this out in stages, 
But when you initially found out, okay, Georgia series isn't happening, maybe no baseball for a month, but maybe we'll get back to it later. At that point, you guys were still together. So what were the conversations like as you all sort of processed that? Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of shock and just kind of, I don't know, sadness, but almost just like looking back at all like the good memories of the year, because at that point we kind of figured it was all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for the kids that could be drafted uh, or whatever works out with that, that might not be here next year. It was more just talking to them and going over all the great things we, we did and uh, all the memories that we have with them. And then it was kind of just making sure everyone was getting home safe. Everyone had somewhere to be. We all wanted to hang out you know, one more time, see each other before, because we didn't know when the next time was. So it was really just kind of living back on the good times and uh, seeing what kind of the next step was for each of us. It's funny because the the way you talk about it, I mean, it was such a short season in hindsight, but you guys accomplished a lot. You're the number one team in the country. Um, How do you sort of look back on the season? Because in a lot of ways, it it wasn't really a season, right? It was only, it was about a month, but how do you look upon that now in, in hindsight? Yeah, it's crazy. I think it was only a month. Um, <laughs> it felt like it felt like a full season with all the uh, emotion. Starting off with that Miami series. I mean, I think that those three games felt like a felt like a whole month. I think to begin with, those were just so exciting. You're you're so emotional the entire time. And then once that series ended, kind of moving on, going into the FAU game, knowing we could set the record, and finally doing that and becoming the best start in Gators history. That was a really cool accomplishment. And then knowing that SEC play is about to start, that's when like everything starts getting serious and you really want to uh, get in the right position uh, to get ready for a long run. So just only thinking about that only being one month with all those records and all the, the cool accomplishments that went along with it, it was it's pretty crazy to, to go back and think about everything. Right. Well, and obviously the season ending is bad news for everybody. Uh, it was particularly bad news for you because you were having an incredible year. You know, you're on, what is it, an 18-game hitting streak? Is that right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so 18-game hitting streak, and, I mean, you're leading the team batting average by, like, 100 points. I mean, what was working so well for you in the, you know, the what is now the, the shortened 2020 season? I think it was just kind of taking everything that I learned and then that we learned from my our freshman year. Uh, we had a lot of, we were really young last year, so kind of going through everything. And, I mean, your freshman year is kind of a whirlwind, uh-huh. Everything comes at you at once, and you're just kind of trying to take bits and pieces. And going into your sophomore year, you kind you can kind of place those bits and pieces where you want to and figure everything out. And uh, we had some great additions to our coaching staff, which really helped with Din Decker, uh, Fontana, and uh, Chuck Drollerman. Hmm. Kind of some new mindsets, especially from the ex-pro players, uh, hearing what they do every day, hearing their routines, stuff like that, uh, I think really helped kind of uh, show us what it's what it's like and what we need to do. Mm-hmm. When, and given that you guys were number one and doing so well, how do you sort of square the, the incomplete nature of not being able to see it through? Because obviously, you know, you were considered after a month one of the top contenders to, to go to Omaha. How do you sort of settle that, that you won't have that opportunity with this team? Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> um, uh, it's tough to say the least. It's just kind of seeing where we were, the kind of games we were already playing in and figuring out ways to win. Uh, I think it was a good, it was a good formula for uh, what it takes to kind of get to that point. I mean, I've never been there personally, but hearing stories and talking to the guys that have been, we kind of, I feel like we had the recipe to make a good run. But I mean, what we all talked about like those last few days is trying not to think about all those, what, what could have been and trying to just take in the memories like Miami and mm-hmm. like the record and all that. And, uh, 
really just wish for the best to everyone that doesn't come back and everyone that does come back, you know, take all that. I don't know if it's anger or just wish all the thinking and kind of put it into next year and hopefully we can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you finished the year ranked first in the country. Um, you know, there, there's a precedent for other programs in the state to say, <laughs> well, we're, we're national champions. We were number one when, the, you know, <laughs> someone said we're number one, we're national champions. Uh, is, is there any plan to, uh, to claim a 2020 national championship? I don't think that is in the plan. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I think we want to see it all the way through if we're gonna if we're gonna claim one of those. But uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's gonna be very very soon. Not not 2020, but very soon. <laughs> is there maybe a banner that says first in the country? I mean that that wouldn't be wrong, right? It's it's not a college world series, but it is a thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely unprecedented. So it's definitely <laughs> I could see something going going up, but. Uh, I think more than the ranking, you know, I think we're just all going to take take those memories that we all had and just kind of run with them until uh, until we all get back together, whatever that is. When, and speaking of that, you know, now the facilities are all closed and, and we don't know until when that is, at least middle of April, probably later than that. And even I'm sure for, for wherever you guys are, your facilities you would go to are probably closed as well. So how are you staying physically active engage because i know you know it's, it's season time for you guys you're conditioned right now you should be practicing you should be playing there's a routine how do you deal with not having that routine and, and what are you doing to compensate for that yeah it's definitely different getting into, into that routine you spoke about with school and uh traveling and games and practices uh at home at least with me i'm trying to wake up at around the same time every day trying to stay in that routine especially with school but really the baseball and luckily the fields technically have not closed down around us hmm. around me at least so i can you still use the fields and stuff like that gyms and stuff like that have closed down so just having some dumbbells at your house and kind of finding things that work out anything that is heavy really <laughs> right. you can work out with picking um, up tvs all sorts of stuff yeah anything anything you put your hands on you you, <laughs> you make useful um but it's definitely we're not not waking up every day, going to the field at you know noon and being there till 10, 10 o'clock at night. And it's uh it's definitely a weird transition. Um, it's felt like a few months. I can't believe it's only been two weeks, but uh, it's definitely something that uh, I think we're all trying trying to get used to. Mm. You know, the NCAA has been talking about giving an extra year of eligibility to to spring athletes in particular because most of your seasons were cut so short. Um, is that something you and some of your teammates have talked about? Is that an idea that guys are interested in or does it depend where they are relative to the draft and whatnot? Um, I really don't know. We haven't really talked about that yet just because of all the unknowns. We haven't heard anything, uh, from our coaches or from any, anything for sure on the, on the staff. So we're just kind of playing it by year waiting for that. And, uh, I think as the summer goes on and everyone kind of goes to where they need to go and this kind of ends, then I think that'll kind of be discussed more. You talked about uh, some of the things you're doing to stay physically engaged, picking things up, whatever it may be. Um, entertainment wise, I mean, what are you doing to stay entertained? Is there is there a Netflix series that you're binging? Are there movies you're watching? What are you doing when you're not trying to get homework done or lifting or whatnot? Uh, definitely Netflix. I think I've watched The Office 13 times now, so <laughs> I, think I need to change, change on that one. Um, played some Xbox it's a good way to kind of connect back with the uh, some teammates. We can talk on that, mm-hmm. and then just kind of seeing your close friends that you can see still. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of TV, yeah. um, a lot of Netflix. I heard there's a new show called the the Lion King or Tiger Lion King. Tiger, Tiger King. King. Yeah. yeah, I heard that's really good. So I think I might start that pretty soon. 
Yeah, that's the crazy. Although with everybody being home all the time now, whatever the like the hot Netflix series is, it's going to change like every couple of days. So it's hard to keep up with. Yeah, the new the new number one shows pretty much change every day. Right, so right. It's there's, impossible. There's a lag time to that. By the time that I hear about it, they're already talking about something else. So it's not you know it's not as effective. <laughs> um, you talked about some of your teammates and keeping in touch with them. What are what are they doing? Are they doing the same things you are? Anybody have anything unique as far as a a, a different routine? Um, everything I've heard is pretty, pretty similar. Um, good thing is a lot of us are from Florida. So we all are kind of in the same restriction zone, uh, in relation to everything that's getting closed down and stuff. But, um, yeah, a lot of just hanging out with your family, um, doing whatever you can to work out a lot of golf we've heard, um, (laughs) those that stayed open. So a lot of golf, but, um, yeah, pretty much the same thing. And then I know I haven't really talked to a couple of kids out of the state that we have. I'm really, I think we only have two. They're they're pretty much in the same zone as Florida, so they haven't kind of changed anything. But it's a lot of a lot of just restrictions, not not allowing us to do much. When uh, when things go back to normal, who knows when that'll be? But when they do, what'll be the first thing that you do? Probably a gym. Um, after uh, honestly, just something with everything we need. Uh, after that, probably just a nice like a sit down restaurant. Uh, we've been doing a decent amount of takeout. So a lot of my local favorites, I like to just. Uh, like to go in, sit down, and kind of eat with my family or friends, and I think that would be probably the first thing I uh, go back to. What restaurants are we talking about? Is there is there one in particular? Do you have a few hot spots? Ooh, uh, so back I'm in Ponte Vedra right now, so we have a place called Sierra Grill. It's like a Tex-Mex kind of place mm-hmm. that I like a lot, and then uh, probably something with some sushi whenever that uh, whenever this all ends, trying to get back in that a good sushi restaurant. That, that's tough to make at home. Yeah, yeah, it's very tough to make at home. <laughs> Can't replicate that like pasta, for example. No, no, no not quite. <laughs> um, final question for you. Uh, I guess just sort of thinking of, about everything, bringing it all back together. What do you feel like the legacy is going to be of this 2020 team you were a part of and uh, and everything that, that you guys accomplished? Yeah, I think the uh, that start, the uh, 16-0 start, is definitely something that's going to stick with uh, this team and kind of uh, this predicament that we're in and uh at least knowing that we did that and we set that record it's always going to stay with us uh i think that's gonna help with a lot of memories all the great things that we accomplished um all the fun times we had even in the short season uh i think that was really important for us in hindsight and uh i think you're just gonna look at a team that had a lot of fun had that it factor and uh the team that kind of could have been but did everything they uh needed to in the time they could well, Jacob, thank you so much for your time. Uh, stay safe, stay well, and uh, we look forward to seeing hopefully that hitting streak continue in, uh, in 2021. <laughs> thank you. Stay safe. And that's going to do it for this week's show. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to Gator Tales in the podcast app of your choice, and please leave a review to help us continue to grow. Be sure to come back next Thursday for the final installment of this special series as we'll hear from softball coach Tim Walton and gymnastics coach Jenny Rowland on how they've managed their teams through the crisis. Until then, I'm Adam Schiff, and on behalf of the Gators, please stay distant, safe, and healthy.